for Sonny Kiss. We'll get a little more detail on that in just a second. And now, the mega champion of AAA, PWI's top 500 number one wrestler in the world, and Wrestling Observer's Wrestler of the Year in 2018, Sports Illustrated's Wrestler of the Year in 2017. He has broken the Meltzer five-star scale seven times and has both the highest-rated singles and tag team match of all time. He is so fluent in Japanese that he sometimes translates for Michael Nakazawa. He once performed in North Carolina. He stands six feet tall and weighs 224 pounds. He is Kenny And we're back. This podcast is scheduled for one fall. One fall! With a 60-minute time limit, coming out of the black corner at a combined weight of 666 pounds, recording to you from Charming, California. I'm your boy, Xander Hobbs. This is... Bobby, the Beast of Belfast, B. And once again, we're bringing you the 50th edition of the... Wrestleocalypse! It is upon us! And it is, and so it shall be, 50 deep. We thank each and every one of you guys out there for giving us a listen, a download, and a like. We hope you guys tell your friends or your foes to come in and check us out. We're doing a lot of fucking cool shit, and we have cool shit. Bobby, tell them what we're doing today. Yeah, we're going to start it off with the full gear. Um, Predix, it's Saturday afternoon. We had some fresh rain to wash, hopefully, this 2020 bullshit away. It's been where we live over 190 days since we last saw water fall from the sky, and it was nice. I enjoyed it. But we're getting to full gear 2020. Um, we're going to do our predix. It's a full card. If you forget, this was a pretty big pay-per-view last year, um, and now it's going to be apparently an annual one of their, annual I think, thing, yeah. one of their big it's, fours. It's one of their big ones, yeah. So... Um, You know, it's been really cool how they've uh, kind of built up to this moment. Um, They had that really cool Eliminator tournament that had some really good matches, told a lot of good stories uh, to get for what's going to end up being a um, a final match to get a future crack at the EW World Yeah, so pretty much the winner of this tournament is going to be the number one contender to fight either Mr. John Moxley or Eddie Kingston. And it's um, what I liked about this tournament, though, is it had some good wrestling matches and it moved storylines along both. So it showed that you can do both of them and be successful. So hats off to them. Right. Also, we had kind of this uh, this little um, tease, a little foreplay, if you will, between MJF and Chris Jericho the last couple of weeks. Right. Whether if he will or if he won't, if they want him to, 
You know, he got him the sweet jackets. Sorry, Sammy Sammy Guevara. Get the huge ass one. Yeah. But it's just like, personally, I'm waiting for this to be done. I know it's going to be a good match. We'll see. This is is where MJF is going to really show his worth because, yes, he's been improving in the ring. But that's always been the knock on him is that because he's 24 years old. So obviously he's not going to be like a technician. And Chris Jericho is seen more matches behind him than in front of him. So, you know, he can always carry the match. So there's going to be a lot of shit going on. It's going to be something to look forward to. I think MJF wins just to proceed the storyline, you know. So and then I think this is going to be Sammy Guevara's exodus out of it because now the, the inner circle is kind of split, you know, with that match with mm-hmm. MJF and Wardlow. So you have Sammy Guevara and the other guy from LAX. I don't remember what his name is on top of my head. But Ortiz or something. Ortiz, yeah. So it, it, MJF's going to win through shenanigans. I'm sure it's not going to be a clean match, but I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Yeah, definitely. Um, another storyline we just touched upon has been kind of this ongoing saga of Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy, which has been great. Matt Hardy doing exactly what somebody named Matt Hardy should be doing, which is, you know – experimenting, finding his character, enjoying what he's doing as in in pursuit of putting over Sammy Guevara. Right. And like this is not and we've always said, you know, despite what we thought about Sammy Guevara's character, the guy is he's he's a great wrestler, you know. And so, you know, this is the elite deletion match, so I'm guessing it's going to be one of those cinematic matches like so I'm good. It's going to be cool. It's going to be comical, and it's gonna it's gonna move. This should be the period on the feud. I think though. Yeah, I think Sammy should go over, and it should be done. I agree. I agree. And Matt Hardy also has had these storylines with Private Party. Right. He's a lot of things he can do. He's, he's like Matt, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. You know, I think as far as in the ring. He's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The guy can barely walk, but his brain, his wrestling acumen, it can like benefit AEW for a long time to come because there's a lot of wrestlers on here that are green as goose shit. And you know, Matt Hardy, he's one of those people because one of AEW's problems I always thought is like they go from point A to point B to point D to point Z, and you're not even digesting point B. And Matt Hardy will be one of those people to show you how to place things and do it like the right way and make things make sense, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. And Unfortunately, on this, um, I think probably the other run-up that I think has been really, really good is uh, is undubitably the Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega yeah. storyline and um, kind of sniff a little bit, foreshadowing possible Elite getting back together when Hangman came out to kind of save the Young Bucks. Right. Um, so uh, I think Kenny Omega goes over. Yeah, there's the cleaner no- is back. There's no other way around it. And this is setting up the the, the match that should have happened, that which was Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Um, and what do you think? Moxley should be the one to dethrone Omega, right? No, other way around. Oh, yes. Omega should be yeah, the one. Yeah, there we go. Omega yeah, you know should be the one to dethrone um, John Moxley and and have a nice run. He There's so many people he can feud with. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really open book. So It is. It is. Unfortunately, uh, not really happy with some of these build-ups. I don't understand why Orange Cassidy and John Silver are wrestling. I mean, as, look at... I mean, you got to have just matches, I guess, I mean, right? Orange like, Cassidy, I, the things where people like him, I get it. I don't like him as much as a lot of people do. And, you know, that's cool of Cody Rhodes to put him in the forefront but i think he's where he needs to be with john silver john silver's pretty entertaining himself <laughs> yeah like, uh, he's come around to me because that guy he's making me watch dark order matches and he's funny so 
This will be an entertaining match. I'm not taking anything away from it, but it's where it belongs needs to be. They're balancing out their card finally, you know, and just all I hope for this pay-per-view is though for the matches that need to be long are long and the matches that need to be quick or not, not quick, but not to be, what is it? As long I should say for lack of a better term. Yeah. I mean, your mid cards don't need to go 40 minutes. It's just like, you know, like, you know, Jericho and MJF shouldn't have that much time. I don't think it should. Um, What is it? Uh, Matt Hardy, Guevara, that's going to take a while. Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose doesn't need that much time. And especially with the way they've built it, which is piss poor. Again, poor buildup. Poor buildup. I agree. I We were talking earlier. I think Shida drops the belt because now they've got Nyla Rose with Vicky, with Vicky Guerrero. Magnet, yeah. But like you said, where do they go from there? It did because they're women's division. And, you know, I and with Thunder Rosa being a free agent, you know, that was a very telling thing when she dropped the belt to Serena Deeb. So it's just they don't have anyone built up. They kind of like to scatter like different women that have flashes of brilliance, but then you never hear from them unless you watch Dark or sometimes you don't hear from them on Dark. So they have this big roster. And like I said, I don't want to like, you know, I'm in a good mood, but we're getting into WWE territory to where like we have this inflated roster, but we're not featuring people. And I'm going to say it again until, you know, because a lot of people listen to this influential podcast. The people on dark need to be on dark, build them up, get them to be ready on TV. And the people that be on TV, put them on TV. It's pretty cut and dry, I think. Yeah, I agree. But they're still fighting their way. And it's only been a year. I I think they've had some great successes. Um, I'm looking forward to the John Moxley-Eddie Kingston match again. They built that up great. They built it up great. Eddie Kingston is a silver tongue devil. Great, um, yeah, great. On and with his with his stable that he has, yeah, it's. From, sorry to cut you off. Um, I and it's cool because if you know Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, they have history. And what I liked is they brought that out. You know, history besides AEW, they brought that out on their little um, promo that they cut. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important, and that's what I like because they will tell you about other things they've done in other promotions. And it's just like you're not burying your promotion by talking about what one of your elite athletes has done in another promotion. You're just putting them over, showing that they've had success all everywhere they go, and now they're here in the big leagues, so to speak. And I think that, that they hit the nail on the head because I usually don't like just from seeing WWE stuff when they have a promo build-up to a title match, AEW did it really well because it's like it got me into a match that I didn't really necessarily want to see, but now I'm interested in watching it. So they did really well on that. That's how you do it. Yeah, I think John Moxley retains. <laughs> oh, yeah, he retains. So And then there ends uh, uh, Super Babyface Antihero Cody <laughs> will be going against Super Babyface Antihero Darby, Darby Allen. Allen. So I don't know. I don't have – I can't – I mean, ideally Darby Allen wins. He should because, look, at, here's the thing. AEW, like a lot of other places, are having a little lack of babyfaces. But people have told me – someone asked me this. They're like – what about John Moxley? What about Cody Rhodes? I was like, I don't consider them like clear-cut baby faces. Moxley's more of the anti-hero. Cody Rhodes is like, if you're doing push-ups in the middle of a match, you're not exactly a baby face. You know what I mean? You can cut all the baby face promos you want, but Darby Allen can be their guy, but he needs to stop losing big matches. And that's what's killing him right now. Yeah, he's like, oh, looked good in a lost guy. Yeah, then it's know. like, then uh, before you know, though, People aren't going to tune in because they're going to, oh, it's a Darby Allen match. He's got all his momentum, and then he's going to lose it in the big time. So they got to be really careful here. Dar- Smart Booking says Darby Allen should go over. 
Yeah, overall, was, uh, the show on Wednesday did a lot to build up this pay per view. But... What about the um, Young Bucks and the FTR? We know oh, Matt that's Jackson. Right. That's Matt right. Jackson is dealing with a legit injury. Right. Also, another terrible build up for a, probably a match that a some wrestling match. fans have been waiting for yeah. for years. It was like, oh, wait, full gears coming up. Okay, we're gonna super kick everybody. Yeah. And yeah, and the legit real injury. He says on Twitter he's obviously medically. Cleared to wrestle. Excuse me. I had to just readjust my chair here. Um, but uh, I don't know. I can't imagine it's going to live up to what expectations nah. of people who have watched these teams wrestle for a while. So <clears throat> not really looking. Um, I just want to see how it'll pan out. That's yeah, all I want to totally see. Totally Blanchard banned from ringside. Stupid stipulation match. I never liked. I never liked that. Young so. Bucks lose. They'll never challenge for the AEW World Especially Tag when you're ready. Champions yeah. again. But it'll be a good pay-per-view, and um, we'll be coming to you with the results, you know, in due time. So Yes. And like we mentioned before, um, in Wednesday's match, the Young Bucks uh, against Private Party, um, a team they put over yeah. early on yeah. in, in AEW. Um, yeah, they really were, you know, Hangman Page had to come out and make the save. Right. So a little bit of intrigue there, too, that we will definitely be keeping our eye on. One thing that I did like that was not about Full Gear is the return of the Bastard. Yes, that talk about a brand missing their guy. This is a guy, you know what I mean. That he, you can, you can, he can even be in the world title contention once they build him back up. And uh, it was a great, it was a great um, promo. I got excited because uh, Pac is a guy too that can. He checks all the boxes to us at least. Guy's great in the ring. He knows how to wrestle your babyface style. He knows how to wrestle a heel style. He's great on the mic. And, you know, he's, he's freaking shredded. Yeah, the guy, it's, I can't wait, All especially with the way the roster has grown. There's a shit ton of matches that you can put him with. So, looking forward to the bastard and welcome back. Yeah, and I just want to remind people, go back to the first full gear and watch the Kenny Omega and Pac match. And it's, it might still be the best match AEW's had. Probably. I, um, yeah, yeah. Because it's that good and they're that good. So, um, AEW Dynamite, we're very, very interested to see how they book uh, Full Gear and how things start going, really taking off for year two. Um, but there are two promotions on Wrestling Night in America, and we would be remiss if we did not talk about the yellow brand. And now we're talking about NXT. So NXT, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> NXT is in a bit of a kind of almost – resetting a bunch of different storylines so you know what we're watching is we've had kind of undisputed era who had been running roughshod over everybody they get capped at the knees we've got pat mcafee coming in targeting undisputed era um really they're under under attack from the kings of nxt who are really growing on me um i wasn't a big fan of pat mcafee uh especially with this program with Adam Cole, but I feel like how they've built this up with Pete Dune um, and the uh, Lorcan and just really good uh, rivalry building. And this episode did a lot to do that. Um, I think one of the thing I did not like with the NXT uh, match this week or two specifically a couple matches was just piping in that fake crowd noise. Um, it's just, it's, it's not necessary. It's, it's very, very contrived. noticeable and yeah. contrived. And we're going to talk about a match later that 
did not have any crowd noise, and it was better because of it. Right. So really think that was a miss. I don't think you need to do that. Um, you know, so that was a big botch for me. Uh, but there was other good stuff on on the raw on on NXT. I know you kind of caught some of it. What what did you see that you liked? Um, I liked seeing Dakota Kai picking up the win on Ember Moon. Dakota Kai has been kind of like an unsung hero of NXT, especially with her turning heel. So I'm glad she picked up that win because as good as Ember Moon is, Dakota Kai has been kind of carrying it for it with everyone. So I dug that. I mean, I know you t- touched on Grimes. Man, the guy, his character work has been really good. And, you know, he's been kind of a guy that's been meh to us. But ever since that haunted horror show and them, like, you know, kind of extending that, it's been really good. And, of course, Kachita is back to being the badass that he is. So I can't really say enough about that, dude. No, no, that is great. They're booking him correctly. They've got a good program going for him where he can start challenging some of the top echelon in in his division. Yeah. And it makes sense. And be sense. believable. Exactly. You know? um, and I saw here that you've got Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. It's going to be a great match. Io Shirai can't have a, a bad match with anyone. And, man, she's just really coming to her own. I, You know, ever since she turned heel, and now she's obviously back to being the baby face, but she's still keeping those that kind of edge to her. And Rhea Ripley, as young as she is, she's one of those people that gets it. So I, I'm excited to see that match, and I love – Io Shirai's title run because they're just booking it exactly how we think it should be. Yeah, I agree. Um, probably the other things, obviously, they still have. We have the um, just, you know, a lot of, I guess, loose storylines still going on, like that just don't really make a lot of sense. And it's kind of where Ciampa's at. And I really like Tomasa Ciampa for obvious reasons. We used to use. On a, on a previous version of this podcast, we used his uh, walkout music as our walkout, as our intro music. But, um, you know, this thing with Velveteen Dream has been fun. Um, but I think the best match is behind him already. And yeah. I'd like to see him doing some other stuff. And I think the other thing that uh, really I just can't get into is the, the Thatch's Thatch Can stuff. Yeah. Um, and like Jake Atlas, that he's kind of seems in limbo. I don't really know what they're doing yeah. with him. We thought he might come in to the Gargano like click, or... click. But um... I mean, I I like him. Timothy Thatcher's really good. Mm-hmm. Like he's really good. But it's just like he's he's got that what I like to call that Dan Severn problem. It's like you're really good, but it's just like why do you want to watch him? You know what I mean? It's like he's bland. And right. And I they I think they tried to fix it with this Thatcher's Thatch can thing, but. You know, a lot of people don't really have the patience to watch catch wrestling, you know what I mean? And so like, you need to give him, you need to sprinkle some other stuff, and which is what they're trying to do. I'm not going to bury the whole thing, but it's just like, it's one of the things that like I, as a catch wrestling fan, I'm not really even that interested in because, you know, I need to have some of the pomp and circumstance. I'm not saying make him, not everyone's going to be Kurt Angle, you know what I mean? But it's just, they can do something, if they can do something else, cool. If they can't, that's cool too. So it's just, it's, it's neither here nor there. Yeah, and Kurt Angle came in with Olympic hardware. Yeah, that's true. Like, so he he had already brought in some, you know, Junusikwa or whatever it is I they like say. That. I like that. But um, I thought NXT overall was great. I enjoyed most of it. Um, you know, I like how, like you said, I like how Ember Moon has to kind of claw her way back to contention. Yeah. I think too often they bring talent back 
they get the pop and then they like immediately insert them into some right. high stakes program. And well, I what, think it it, yeah. it doesn't always work. What they're doing is they're building the division. So you have like you know they're building up Kai, they're building up Shotzi, they're building up Tony Storm. Like so you know this is the division what we have because like we said in the last episode it's kind of lacking. But what they did right now it shouldn't be lacking. But what they've been doing is they're filling in the gaps, so to speak. And so it, there's a lot of good things to be looking forward to. Yeah, and they want to have a lot of options for who, you know, Charlotte can can take the belt off of <laughs> Agreed. when she gets back. So. Agreed. But Raw on Monday night um, used to not be so good. No, but it, Raw was pretty... But was, talk, about, talk it, about getting a good draft pick. It was pretty decent because the opening segment was great. You know, Drew McIntyre still being a badass and he's hunting Orton down. A lot of people have a problem with him getting title shots, but Orton had a million title shots before he got the title. So, you know, um, as usual, Firefly and Funhouse nails it out of the park. I mean, Alexa Bliss is really, really getting into her groove here. Mm-hmm. And um, I do, one of the other things I do like is everybody, Orton, it's not just Orton and McIntyre. You have Orton and McIntyre. You have Miz and Morrison kind of, you know, trudging along, even though they're looking at like jobbers at the moment. Um, you have Bray Wyatt who's still around. So like every Orton's a marked man mm-hmm. and that's how it should be with the WWE title. Everybody like Austin said in real life and in the show, if you're not gunning for the title, what are you doing here? And that's what I think is great. And then on top of that too, just to wrap up our spots is the hurt business. We have them as new tag team champions, which is, I mean, the writing was on the wall there and talk about taking guys who were doing nothing and like, they're just they're one of the main reasons I watch Raw now. So Agree, agreed. Um Raw still has slow moments. It has its it's, moments. Still it's three too, hours. It's still it's too, too long. long. So you know, but they they definitely have some really high points right now. And they've got some good good storylines. And you know, the hurt business is cool because it, it's a lot of different characters yeah. with a lot of different options. Um and finally getting to see some characters finally get some traction and right. do something beyond just you know, boring. Yeah, it's good. And then SmackDown last night, SmackDown not three hours. No. So. And it's uh, the Tribal Chief storyline, and then we have Daniel Bryan in the mix, really mm-hmm. good. Um, I like you know, this heel turn with Jey Uso, but still he's getting like bossed around. I mean, shit, man, Roman Reigns is just taking this like role and just running with it because. I mean, I listened to some promos and stuff like that, and he's really, really doing really well on this. You know, I mean, he's believable, and we'll get into it in the mailbag and stuff like that. It's you can tell that he's invested in it, that he believes that this is him, and that's what makes any kind of program successful or any character. You have to believe it, and you have to be some some part of you is that that's you. You're the, he's the head of the table, he's the face of the company, and you know, I I I think it's really good. It's got me watching, and then another spot is just. I like Billy Kay, you know, being backstage. She's hilarious. I always thought she was the more entertaining one of the iconics, and I just thought that little segment between her and the Street Profits was great, calling them Mr. Profits. Uh-huh. It was funny. It was entertaining. Yeah, and uh, Sasha Banks, for the first time of all of her title reigns, was able to retain. Yep. And she retained over Bailey. Hopefully, yeah. this, I don't think it will be. Um, I think Bailey will still have uh, some shenanigans to play. Yeah, yeah. But as Sasha Banks is leaving, she took a super kick. Yeah, and a face buster by Carmella. Yeah, and I didn't see, but I'm sure she was wearing sweet sneakers. Um, I didn't see. She's they have her more like in this like dapper thing, but I, it'll, it should be a good feud because Sasha Banks, she's another one that can have a, a good match with anyone. So yeah, and it's in. I think overall, though. We both, as we spoke to at length previous weeks, could have drawn out the Bailey Banks 
feud longer. Right. And they too, like you said, uh, unsung heroes during the pandemic because these two ladies have shown up and shown out every single time. Absolutely. And all their storylines have been good. Right. So um, I thought they did really well with that. I like that Banks retains. They can continue to build on that. But I think Carmelo and Carmela, I don't want to say it's <laughs> Carmelo. That guy, I mean. Right. I mean, he's a career resurgent with the Trailblazers. I appreciate that. But um, I think, you know, that could be that could be good too. Exactly. Um, so – uh, overall, SmackDown was a decent show, but they had some big botches. Big botches. Man, why are we giving Rey Mysterio and Baron Corbin so much ring time? They could have added that to the Sasha banks Bailey match, dude, because Baron Corbin is not very good in the ring besides besides his finishing move that he did not hit very well. And Rey Mysterio, no no um, burial to him because he's old. And, you know, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be carrying that match. And the storyline is just so done with me in my book with the reigns and or with rollins and mysterio and murphy and Leah and and, just, and dominic, dominic and, and just like and it's just stopped you know i know just, where i think the tribal chief needs to just come and yeah put a just stop put a to stop this. to this the tribal just spears yeah. super punch spear yeah. super punch rollins is out uh, please i've I never <laughs> it's my how the times have changed <laughs> You know, I know. Right? But, and then also on top of that, and it's not like, it's mostly a botch on this whole Survivor thing all in general. It's just like, stop with the brand thing because nobody really cares about the brands against each other until this, until this four weeks or three weeks of buildup. There's no heat to it. It's like, oh, they're all supposed to be, I liked how the Raw team didn't get along. That's fun. But it's just like, just stop with that because no one cares. Either make it like Survivor Series how it used to be or just scrap it all together. Right, right. And I would like to see them scrap it, to be honest. Yeah, cause it's, and it's a shame because it's one of the big four pay-per-views that I used to look forward to. And just with this brand, um, this brand dominance that doesn't really exist, it's just, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. And it, and it is a shame, but they've diluted. It's really only big two now. Yeah. It's basically SummerSlam and WrestleMania and everything uh, else. Everything is just else meh. Every four weeks, every four yeah. weeks, every four weeks. So, but that wraps up our first half in our, our recap Redux, predicts of the week in mainstream wrestling. Um, couple quick side notes. We talked about it a little bit before, but again, MLW is coming back. Really excited about that. Contra, just how they built the storyline right. without being able to be on TV. Yeah. Everything really fun. Um, Xander's about ready to get up, get up and become our main correspondent for the New Japan Pro Wrestling, which has been... From what I've seen, and it's difficult, um, they've been doing a great job since yeah. they've been back back at it yep. post-pandemic. Um, Will Offs, Osprey, one of my favorites. Love to watch him. Um, but they've got a ton of talent over there. Yeah. Um, and then Impact's still doing their thing. So. Right. so a lot of good wrestling to watch. But we will be back with our second half, the coolest shit on the planet. And um, just listen to this, and we'll be right back with you.
We're back once again with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, the Dark Lord's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? We like to call this cool shit. And it is time for the motherfucking mailbag. Special delivery. We got a good one for us today. I, I like how we switched that up right there. <laughs> I know, That's seriously. Nice. That's nice. This is a good one. Uh, first, before we get into the cool shit, I just want to throw a shout out to my dog, Bolin. He's going to be celebrating his 12th birthday tomorrow. Uh, he's been through a lot of stuff, and he's hanging in there. So, quick shout out to my guy, my good bud. And then, Bobby, you had something to say before this, right? Yeah, but I just want everyone to know, uh, who is he named after? He's named after guitar player Tommy Boland. He replaced Richie Blackmore from Deep Purple. And it was just a little throwback to you know my dad and I, because he showed me a lot of music. And we've kind of got this dog together. And it was it was between Dallas or Boland. And I flipped a coin, and Boland won. And the better name did win. I'm not even just saying that because of this season of football, but the better name did win. And, you know, it's just um, happy birthday and more to come for that guy. Yes, and I do have a confession to make that it's to the point now where I spend more time preparing myself and researching for cool shit than the first half of wrestling because that's how good this is. It is the coolest shit. It is the other side of the pillow. It is, I was going to say, like dry ice. But I was kind of, I don't know. Yeah, it's cool as shit, and we're going to get into it right, right now. now. So I'm going to, I'll, I'll lead off, because okay. I love ramen. Me too. And so this is from our fan, Ramen. Uh, thanks, Ramen, for sending in a question. <clears throat> I always found the best angles were the ones that had real life sprinkled in them. With Edge, Lita, Marty feud comes to mind, and I thought it was really good. What did you guys think? Xander, what are your thoughts on the sprinkling in of the of the real life into the, uh, the the wrestling mix? I like it when done right. Like, and I'm not saying every single one has been good, but when done correctly, you know, it can really add a lot to it because you know it's not so. You know, we all know this is staged, but when you have some real life semblance in it, you can see kind of like the ferocity from like the performers and the wrestlers in it. You know, like I mean, obviously there's some ones that didn't that didn't take the that failed the Pepsi challenge. Like when right after Rey Mysterio pa- or not Rey Mysterio, right after Eddie Guerrero passed away, Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton were feuding, and everyone knows Rey Mysterio and Edge or Eddie Guerrero were friends. And Randy goes, you know, everyone knows that Eddie Guerrero is in hell. And it's like, you know, that wasn't very necessary. But you know, onto this, the Lita Edge Matt Hardy feud was great. And most of all, too, and most of you, just some backstory if you don't know about this feud. Edge or Matt Hardy and Edge were friends. And so Lita and Matt Hardy were together. Matt Hardy was out with the injury and Edge started traveling. This is real life, by the way. And so as as people do when they travel, they get closer together and they find out, you know, what, you know, that they have more things in common that they don't because they spend so much time together. And I'm not condoning it. I'm not, you know, saying burying anyone, but things happen. So that's why that's the saying. Things happen. And Lita and Edge started getting together. And so this got found out. Matt Hardy was fired from the WWE. And to Matt Hardy's credit, he knew what his falling was. And he went online and he pretty much spilled the beans about everything. And so this, like, the crowds became rabid. You know, they're chanting slut at Lita. Edge was getting nuclear heat. I don't agree with the Lita chants. You know what I mean? That's not ever cool. You know what I mean? Did she make a mistake? Yes. But, like, she legitimately retired because she couldn't handle the heat of what she was getting, you know, because pro, as you know, lots of pro wrestling fans do not know how to, 
split real life and fantasy. And of course, when it happens to someone that they do like, they turn fucking really rabid. So there was there was just heat in the crowd. Ch- crowds were chanting, "We want Matt." They brought Matt Hardy back, and they even had Matt Hardy. Bruce Pritchard. This is a story from Bruce Pritchard. He brought Matt Hardy and Edge in a limo and said, "Hey, I know the the heat with you guys, but can you guys do business? Can we do professional?" And to their credit, they were professional, and it was a great it was a great feud. Um, Edge did end up coming out on top. Booking aside, the feud was awesome, and I do think like when you when you do that the right way, it works out really well because the crowd gets more invested in it. Um, that's the best I can explain it at this point. <clears throat> yeah, I think there's a fine line to tread. And, you know, Edge and Matt Hardy are legendary wrestlers. And Lita... She's a legendary um, wrestler herself. Right. So a lot of talent in that one that can make it work. And also, we obviously see the love that Matt Hardy and Edge have for wrestling because right. they're still trying to go. Right. So, um, my issue is there's been more bad than good. Uh, recent memory, obviously Rusev slash Miro, Lana, a lot of cuckold stories they brought in just like they do it sometimes in a really salacious way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like that. And I really didn't like, you know, kind of capitalizing on Jeff Hardy's demons. Right. Cause they've you done know? it before. And yeah. One, it's going back to the well, which yeah. WWE will go back to the well until it's dry. Yeah. Um, and then they'll beat the dead horse. Yeah. But uh, so I'm not really just personally, I don't think, you know, I think you should have respect for that in people's lives. Some of their demons, you know, um, but to me, it depends too. like on top. I agree with that. While I do agree, if the if the talent signs off on it and I know a lot of people go, well, they have no choice to sign. Jeff Hardy does have a choice. He can put the kibosh on if he wants. He's put in enough time in that company. And if they sign off on it, then that's on them. But I, but as like ethically, and it doesn't leave a good mark, especially when you get into like stuff like deaths and drugs and things that could have almost taken them away from us, right. or have, right. you know, it kind of strikes a nerve. And I don't, and I'm not really even so much concerned for the people that are performing the angle, but the people that are families that are watching it, right? You know, what I mean, because they don't necessarily want that rehashed, especially sure. if it's like drugs or like a death or anything so like i said it's a very fine line and as we know wwe doesn't know how to really walk it most of the time so it's it's hit or miss yeah. but when it hits it's really good i do like when they they pull the curtain back in a feud yeah and they go back to something like i think there was a recent randy orton feud where he basically said like or something like that like yeah i i prevented you from getting a title right. I mean, oh kofi kingston right? I, yeah that i like, like that and that's you know, cool that's awesome that's to awesome me, that gives you that same sprinkle they pull the curtain back you could see and it brings that ferocity yeah but without having to get into like something like personal demons yeah so, so but good question yeah great really question thanks it. for sending it in yeah. thanks for sending it in i might have some ramen tonight mm, delicious this one is from kirk and uh said the cowboys are atrocious this season and another news water's wet but it says, what do you think that needs to be done to right the ship? Um, as far as this season goes, nothing, because the season's done. Um, with the injuries, the new coaching, um, the down to the fourth string quarterback, it's pretty much done. But what needs to happen is, I mean, there's a lot of holes in the defense. Um, Jerry Jones, maybe. He's taking a step back, but... I don't, I don't know. I'm not there. As much as I would love to be, I'm not there. So this is all pure speculation from a person that's been watching for most of his adult or most of his life, period. But it's just, it's a new coach. It's a new system. Mike Nolan, if anybody has to go, it's Mike Nolan because that defense is terrible. 
there's flashes of brilliance, but it's just, it's a weird season, and come back to me next season with this question if the record's still the same. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, and I basically, uh, you know, I saw this question. To me, this this is... This is the Lakers 17 or whatever win season was where they were able to draft um, Ball and then getting Ball and having Ingram or like Ingram and then Ball and then they were able to get the assets so they could get Anthony Davis. Right. But a lot of what happened is, you know, and even more so when when Magic left and Jeannie Buss really consolidated her her circle. And football is different because you have to have so many scouts. Yeah, it's a bigger team, a bigger organization. But yeah, I think it is less Jerry at the forefront. I think, I mean, the reality is they should have won a title, but he wouldn't fire Jason Garrett. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Your offensive line, which was once the gem of the NFL, is terrible. Is past their prime and they're yeah. done because, and Tony Romo. As much as I love Dak Prescott, I don't know if you can convince me that he's better than Tony Romo Absolute, was in his prime. Absolutely not. And Des Bryant, yeah. like, and and they really squandered those years because they wouldn't just sack it up, cut him, pay him money, go get the coach you need to put you over the and top, get the deep, then fill in the holes that need to be filled in. Mm-hmm. Like when Tony, like Tony Romo gets a lot of flack for being a choker or whatever, but I'm just saying it's like when you put up 36 points and that's still not enough to win a game, that's, tough. that's not on the quarterback. Everybody likes to say it's a team sport, you know what I mean? So you can't switch the narrative. Or the you, defenses win championships. Yeah, but it's just like when it's third and 13 and, it, and the, def- the offense isn't sweating it, that's a problem. And Tony Romo, the, um, Dark Lord Bless His Soul, did what he could do and his time was just up. And it's unfortunate because I always say is you switch – you switch teams. You switch that Giants team that won the Super Bowl. You switch Eli Manning and uh, Tony Romo. You put Tony Romo on the Giants. They're winning multiple chips because Tony Romo is actually a, a competent quarterback. And Eli really, to me, isn't. And that's not even me being a homer. That's what I, I honestly think. But thank you, Kirk. Yeah, thanks. Go back to the starship. Yeah. Beam me up, Scotty. Didn't. All right, this is a good one. I like this one. Hangman Alamino Casino. Why do you think there is pushback between WWE and the fans? Not pushing people that are organically over and rehashing the same storylines, etc. It's a fire question. Yeah. I think there's a lot of layers to this. You start it. So basically, kind of when I read this question, my full take is one, is like obviously he has this, he or she, I mean, hang man, I assume it's like he. Yeah. Uh, you have an agenda. You don't like aspects of the product, right? And you're mad because you have opinions. You're probably voicing them on Twitter. You're writing in to to shows like ours. We obviously have opinions. We're doing this. Um, But WWE is a publicly traded business, and they don't really give a fuck about what you or I think about, especially for the fact that we're mad about things that we're watching. Yeah. So we are contributing to their bottom line. And understand that their job is not to please smarks on the IWC. Um, They just came out on the 29th Q3 numbers – and just a few numbers to think about: 1.549 million WWE Network subscribers at 9.90 a month every month. So you do that 10 times 1.5. That's 15 million dollars. Uh, they're just getting every month, guaranteed, yeah. right, from subscribers. Yeah. Overall, they had 220 million dollars in revenue in quarter three. 9.2 billion digital video views. They are looking at metrics. They are seeing that their revenue has gone up since quarter two. They feel they've turned the corner with coronavirus programming. They're being successful. They've cut a bunch of talent to lower costs. 
Um, so yes, like their metrics as a business are backing up what they're doing. I think a nuance to this too is they're led by Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon is empowered because they're making money to continue to make decisions, right. to change writing on Friday nights, to, to overrule writers. I don't think they put enough money into to solid writers. If you think about like Saturday Night Live or The Simpsons, like how much money they spend to have the cream of the crop writers to make sure the storylines are are perfect. Right. WWE does not do that. And why would you? Why if, would they? If you're a great writer, are you going to go to WWE to get your shit shit on? Yeah, no. So I the think, good writers aren't there. But go ahead. Sorry. I think that's a lot of it. I think that's a big part of it. But I think, and I think Xander can talk more about it. there. There is cultural parts of the WWE that are going to do this. Yeah. And the thing is, too. I mean, it's. With the WWE, and I'm just going to go to your pushback between the fans and WWE. And just to start it off, the, a lot of the reason why they don't really go with what fans are for what you seem to is because what Daniel Bryan said in the promo is that fans are fickle. Like they will turn, they will clamor for someone and clamor for someone, and then once they get what they want, they'll turn on them. We, I don't, ha- I don't need to listen because we've seen it time before. And sometimes, as much as we give heat to Vince McMahon, he's also in the position he is because he's done a lot of right things. You know, I mean, like I just listened to the Miro um, interview on Talk Is Jericho, and they were talking about me and him, me and uh, Bobby are big Miro fans, but also too, it was very telling because he was talking about why he didn't get the push. It's like, yeah, the Rusev Day thing was huge, but then there's a lot of times where Miro wasn't really there doing business. You know, what I mean, he's like, so you know, I understand the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but when you're new or newish, you know, you kind of have to like almost somewhat fall in line. But he did what he was doing was leaving. But now we look at Miro. Now he's almost he's got some sort of creative control, and the way that he's working out right now is not really. That's not what I would have done if I wanted to have creative control. You know what I mean? It's just like you're supposed to be this badass, and you come out with a Mickey Mouse T-shirt talking about video games, and it's just like. Yeah, I love Mickey Mouse, but if I want to be a badass, I'll wear the Mickey Mouse shirt maybe, and I'll say little words and kick some ass. That's that's a little small part of it, but it's this thing we like to bag on Vince, and it's kind of a cool thing to do. But at the same time, too, there is a method to his madness because look at the numbers that Bobby just spat out, and you know we, you know, there's some semblance to it. There are there people that we want to see push more than others. Yeah, absolutely, but there the WWE is looking like further than that. And you can tell what them making money that they're in the kind of in the right. Yeah, again, and you don't have to watch it. Right. So people who watch it and bitch about it, I think it's good. It it adds to the community. It's fun to debate these things. It makes it interesting. It's why we do what we do here. But um, you don't have to watch it. No, you don't. It's like the only reason I watched Raw and I've been watching some other things is because it's been there's been segments that I like. You know, AJ Styles and The Fiend are the reasons I watch. You know what I mean? But other than that, I really, I pick and choose what I watch. And now The Tribal Chief. Yeah, and The Tribal Chief. You know, you never thought we would say that, right? Believe <laughs> but, that. that. But I'm just saying, like, there are aspects of the things that we do like. Otherwise, we would not be covering WWE. So, you know, I mean, if you really want to hurt them, I mean, which I don't see why you would want to. But I'm just saying, you know, step on their bottom line. You know, don't watch. Don't mm-hmm. buy merch. Cancel your subscription. When live events start happening, don't go. And, you know, as more people do that, then maybe they'll start changing because that's the reason why they changed back in the day because their bottom line was hurting and they almost got put out of business. Yeah, and I think the last thing just to, to finish up with this is also um, it's they're doing something unique 
and they have it's hard to understand how much TV time they actually have to fill up yeah. and content they actually make and this is just the nature of the beast it's like sitcoms like you know I remember being super excited about Big Bang Theory for three seasons. Yeah. By the ninth season, they're making the same episodes. Yeah. People have said the same thing about The Simpsons. I disagree, but I can see that. I can see that argument. And so, a lot of it too is how much are you watching? Like we watch a lot of it, and I get tired of the WWE product sometimes. And that's just it's because I also get tired of eating too much pizza, right? You right. know, or eat, you know, all that stuff. Sometimes so. I don't want to watch wrestling, dude, to be completely honest with you. Hence the cool shit segment. Sometimes <laughs> yes, I indeed. don't watch cool. But so that's just what it is, man. And it's like I said, there's so many outlets that we've um, prescribed to you guys before. So if you're sick of the WWE product, shit, just click on the internet, man. There's a lot of good wrestling out there besides WWE. Yeah, find a promotion and send us a clip and we'll put you on. And you can be, you could cover that for us. Check out MLW. I'd love for somebody yeah. to watch MLW and send us a five-minute yeah. clip recapping and tell us what you Check like. Check out New Japan. Get us caught up. You know, yeah, stuff exactly. like that. But thanks for the question. This next one is from Fun Guy, which is a kind of a little hey, piggyback on the last question. Fun Guy. Just he, makes me think of Steve Martin. I know, right? He Genius. asks, why do you think wrestlers that come from other companies don't do as well or take longer to succeed when they come to WWE? Well, this one, I'll take the lead really quick, is... Vince McMahon lives in the WWE bubble. All that guy knows is WWE. The guy doesn't watch sports. He's probably never watched a movie. He literally eats, sleeps, and breathes the business. If his wife wasn't part of the Trump administration, he probably wouldn't even know who the president of the United States was. Exactly. He'd be like Hulk Hogan, right? So it's like when you have some badass, like, you know, that we've said, we said, like AJ Styles or Kevin Owens or any of these guys, Vince doesn't know who these guys are. He And he, and he doesn't care. He barely cared who Ric Flair was when until he came to the WWE. So there's that part. And then another thing is like, Bobby, if you can, if you want to piggyback on it, there's probably more to it. I bro- I broke it down pretty easy. Bad booking, right? Yeah. WWE struggles booking. They've got a bloated roster. They buy all these badasses because somebody, it's like, it's like they have an, they have an advanced scout who's in these indie seats and saying like, this guy can wrestle. He's got yeah. this like, and then, so it gets up and finally, they're like, well, he's a free agent, and, and AEW wants to sign him. And Vince's like, well, no, that can't happen. Right, yeah. So I can write the check because, obviously, you saw the numbers. And then he actually watches him. He goes, well, he doesn't have a look. Right. Like, boom. And so what happens? Well, guess what? You're yeah. getting your paycheck, but you're, They're not your program for- sucks. Yeah. Right? And I think that's a lot of it. That's I think a, that's, that huge, that's a huge amount of it. There's just poor writing in the WWE overall and so it's difficult to to i think they have difficulty writing an established character into a new role right it's just like right. look at you have like you said like you have this scout these scouts that watch these guys and by the th- by the time it gets up to Vince and then uh, you have someone like Bobby Roode who we know and Bob and Vince just sees um a ravishing Rick Roode Rick Flair robe and then uh entrance and he goes that's it you know what i mean and he's not going Vince is not <laughs> Vince isn't nor does he have the time to get into the nuance of what makes these characters how we see them. He's not going to do that. Nor, nor, I mean, and I'm, I can't believe I'm saying. Nor should he because he doesn't have time. So it's just like there's too many yes men. And then on top of that, like like Bobby pointed out, it's bad bookings, poor writing, it's an overbloated roster, and we've seen it time and time again. Do some succeed? Yeah, some do. AJ Styles wasn't meant to succeed, but he the guy is just too goddamn good to not. You know what I mean? As far as guys like Keith Lee and um, your Mia Yims and, you know, just Bobby Roode. Dodger Yeah. It's just like 
we'll see what those guys have because honestly, you know, you, there's got to be something that the old man sees to put him to put you to the forefront. And if you're just a guy in the ring, imagine how many matches Vince McMahon has seen. You know, and so some big guy doing a plancha that ain't gonna get his dick hard. Well, I don't know if anything's gonna get his dick hard. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty old. But uh, yeah, and that's one thing I want to say too. I think there is a certain amount of hubris and ego involved where they want to get the popular character wrestler from the indies, and part of it is like, well, now you're in the real league, so yeah. we're gonna haze you, and we're gonna do this. And you look at like I think Kushida is a perfect example, yep. a recent, a recent perfect example of coming like. I mean, they had him on 205 Live, yeah. which was like, that, that, and I remember was like, dude, I, that's where kind of people, people go to die. die. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, but then he's obviously now they've booked him well and he's yeah. connected. So, um, and then like we talked about too, it's the same, it's not necessarily just indies to WWE, it's to the main roster because they've, they've really, I mean, they, Drew Gulag. Yeah. They butchered some people and to, and to honestly Keith too, Lee, yeah, this and, just came up too. It's just like. These guys that we like that we mentioned, they're huge to us and they're like big in our bubble. But you have to realize like our bubble is a tighter bubble than say like the people that watch Monday Night Raw. Because the people that watch Monday Night the majority of people that watch Monday Night Raw don't know how good Drew Gulak is, don't know how good Keith Lee is. You know what I mean? We know how good they are because we've been watching them. So you have to take that under consideration too, because what we think is dope, someone else that's like a kid be like, oh, who the fuck is Drew Gulak? He's boring. You know, so it's just, there's a lot of moving pieces into it. And I know we say that a lot, but this is, is, it's very true. And it's just like, it's just, it's really cutthroat. And it's just on, at the end of the day, it, it depends what the old man sees in you. Yeah. But thanks for the question. We really appreciate it. I like to sink my teeth into that one. Me too. We've got another one from my main man, your main man, the Dark Lord's main man, Stewie Griffin. Nice. Uh, I heard you guys talk about the Jericho MJF segment. I know you guys didn't enjoy it, but I did. Just want to know what you guys didn't like as cheesiness has always had a part in wrestling. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. You're absolutely right. To, uh, silliness has always had its part in wrestling. In some ways, just the whole concept is silly. Yeah. Um, but, and to each their own, you know. I'm glad you liked it. I think probably there's a good segment of the population did. I liked the Mimosa Mayhem match, but it's pretty silly. Yeah. You know, but I think um, just the musical number didn't do it for me. It's not really what I wanted to see from these characters with this storyline overall you know they can't all be winners yeah. um trust it? me uh in the attitude era there was a hand dx a, was the whole thing was yeah so. what i was gonna get into is just like was it may young giving birth to a hand bad no but it's like it was just like it's not something um i i and trust me too i'm a fan of musicals actually but do i want to see that in my pro wrestling program for me personally no but like like bobby said i'm not going to get mad at someone if they enjoyed it i'm going to ask you why i'm going to ask you why you thought it was good but it's just like for me those two guys they could have gotten to the end game without that you know what i mean like and from the moment that it started i was like god this is not going to be good (laughs) And like, and the thing is, like, like I said, cheese. It's we're watching guys in spandex that are, you know, staged fighting. It doesn't get any cheesier than that. But at the same time, though, you have to have that balance. And like I said, it was just a miss. 
And it's going to do that. There's a lot. If you go back, I know people watch the Attitude Era with rose-colored glasses on, but there was a lot of fucking bullshit on that. <laughs> the Choppy Choppy, the PP, May Young's hand, Katie Vick, necrophilia. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There's like, a shit ton, man. Like, it's we're not just old guys yelling from the porch. So it's just like. No, they just didn't do it for it us. It didn't do it for us. But, like, if you liked it, do more power to you, man, and keep watching it. Thank you for the question. Yeah, and keep listening to us. Um, I like this name right here. Though. Yeah, this is from Phenomenal Pipe Bomb, and this is this is a great question to wrap up this um, great mailbag. What's your guys' stance on WWE making wrestlers drop their third-party accounts? Thanks for all the content. Um, in case anybody that's listening out there doesn't know what that means, so the WWE just came out this edict, so they had all their wrestlers cancel their third-party accounts, like their Twitch. Like I guess these days, like people pay money to watch, you know, people play video games, and the WWE wrestlers, some of the lower card guys, have cashed in on that because a lot of these guys are gamers. And the WWE, some of them are using their stage names that they don't have rights to. So the WWE is missing out on a piece of that proverbial pie. And so what they said is like a lot of these guys have to um, cancel their um, accounts. And so what do, what do I think of it? I'm in like kind of in the middle. I understand where the WWE is coming from, but if you're on Twitch and you're using your real name, like I don't see why they would want to cash in that. I guess there's a thing called Cameo. Where, you know, say like someone like Alexa Bliss can shout out to someone as Alexa Bliss. And so now she's using WWE property. I'm not saying she's doing that personally, but it's an example. Now she's using WWE property. So they own that property. They own that name Alexa Bliss. So they need to get a piece of that pie. So I agree with that. But for my thing is like when you sign a contract and you work for the corporation, you it's your job to read what's in that contract before you sign. And a lot of these guys I don't think do that, but it's just like, you know what? If if you don't like I'm not I'm not I'm taking a side here or there, but if you don't like that that's the ultimatum, then you are more than welcome to walk away from your contract. I don't think you're going to lose Twitch subscribers because you're not a WWE person anymore. I don't know how that full-on works, but I'm just saying I get where the WWE is coming from, but I don't, but on the other side, that's not a thing to unionize because they never will um, because the top names have to unionize before they even listen because people like um, Zack Ryder, nobody really, the, the brass isn't going to listen to them. So I know, I know I'm like going all over the place with it. Bobby, like help me tie this up. Well, I think it's a way bigger deal than people are reporting and only because I think that uh, one, it it's just another way that the WWE has a history of exploiting talent, yes. right? Because just and it's the same thing. It's like you know we live in California and we just had a huge proposition uh, based on a recent law that was going to really affect Uber and Lyft drivers, yeah. right? Yeah. And part of this whole thing is really tied to labor law and how WWE treats these independent contractors, which they're not. Part of being an independent contractor is you can go and do your own thing. But here's where the rub, right? You can go do your thing as Dwayne Johnson. You can't go do your thing as, as The Rock. Rock. And obviously we saw the evolution of that as Dwayne Johnson got more leverage. Vince needed that rub. Yeah. And so they had a mutual they basically agreed mutually is what it was. So now he's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. And he does he's continues to be wrestling and now they are able to kind of get from each other's pies. Um this is really similar to a move the UFC made uh, when the UFC was just kind of ascending. Fighters were allowed to sign their own gear deals, trunk deals, all that stuff. And UFC signed with Reebok and put the kibosh on that. And what that does, though, like if you're Anderson Silva at the time 
you don't really care because you're making your money on your pay-per-view yeah. buys and you're you're doing well. But if you're the fourth guy on the pay-per-view card and you're fighting for 1500 1500 50 you know, you need that extra 700 bucks yep. a month so you can come out in some trunks or some yeah. gear, you know. And that's and I think that's kind of what also is happening with WWE. Seth Rollins doesn't give two shits. This does not affect him. Yeah, same with anyway. Roman Reigns. Like I mean, I mean AJ Styles was doing it cuz he was a gamer, but he owns his name. And, you know, I mean, I think he was the catalyst of the one that broke this because he was breaking kayfabe and talking about um, backstage issues. And yeah. I think that's what they're, that's another thing they're trying to get and rid of. And that's what I was going to say, too. Part of it is also is Lana on her Instagram. She was a, a influencer for Bang. And yes. she did a very provocative commercial. Right. And, and that was kind of a big red flag. And then when AJ Styles broke his COVID positive result right. on that, they were like, you, okay, yeah, now that, that we got to put the kibosh on yeah. So I understand both sides of it. And it's just like, when you're a guy, there's a way different, like in wrestling, there's a pecking order. You know what I mean? Ro- Roman Reigns and Kurt Hawkins, you know, the former <laughs> Kurt Hawkins, they're not on the same tax, they're not in the same tax bracket. So, <laughs> so, you know, when everyone's saying wrestlers need to unionize, Nobody's going to listen to Kurt Hawkins and Drew Gulak and uh, TJP when they go, we're going to unionize, we're going to walk. They're going to see you later, there's the door. <laughs> right. But like guys like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and even AJ Styles, they're going to be like, our bread is buttered correctly, so why do we have to revolt? So you have to take that in consideration. The independent contractor thing, they're that in name only. And you have to know that when you're signing a WWE contract, man. You know, And, for, and I'm not saying I agree with it because ethically, ethically it's wrong. But... It's a business, and they've been getting away with it for so long. That's the only way reason they're doing it, and that's just where it's at. Andrew Yang um, brought up a, brought up a lot of good points that I'm not going to go over. Um, this is a cheap plug for Chris Jericho. Listen to his interview on Talk is Jericho because it was really good. But yeah, do there do, are there some kinks that need to be ironed out? Yes, but these wrestlers too need to k- take accountability for what they're signing and what they're agreeing to. Because when you're under contract, you're pretty much they have you by the balls. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, don't try to cash in on their name. No, right? cash in on you. Look, um, Kurt Hawkins and uh, Zack Ryder, they have a podcast about wrestling action figures, and they use their real names. So that, that that's a smart way to do it. But, like, Paige crying, I get it. But, Paige, you're still... I'm not. She's, she's well. Rumors are they're not really going to mess around with Paige because she's not on TV, right? And yeah, you know she's fine. And the fact that she is like, oh, by the way, remember all this I'm stuff sorry. with Alberto Del Rio? Yeah, yeah man, that guy. Woo. Which is, by the way, we're not going to do ever do that shit again because that guy's a fucking creep. Creep. And, and, oh man, the stuff that came out with that yeah, guy. Woo. So sorry about your luck, Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. I'm not even going to like. It, if we ever talk about arm bars, I'm never even going to mention your name. No, You're you, off. The, hey, we're canceling you on the WrestleOcalypse. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Well deserved. Yeah. We didn't even cancel Seth Rollins, so you're an elite category. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right. No kidding. Now, that was the mailbag. And if you want to be on the mailbag, you can get after me on Xander Hobbs on Instagram. And you can get off Bobby on... At WrestleOcalypse, I'm on the... Instagram. I'm occasionally on the Twit machine. I've been on the Twitter machine. And I am recently on Twitch. And I just want to buy, go on uh, Miro slash Rusev. His channel is called The Chugs. Okay. So, and that's other things like, just you don't have like. I mean, right now, if you're on a WWE contract, it doesn't matter. And what I understand is they're actually going to be doing ma- making people do mandatory t- Twitch sessions. Yeah. Because they realize how how how, how much it is. helps their business, yeah. right? And the last thing I want to say on this before we move on is the problem is Vince takes wants to take 90% of every transaction with his yeah. talent. And there's so much money involved that if he took 70%, the talent would be 
get so much more and he would have so many less problems. Yeah. But that's not how he does business. Uh, I wish more people did. And on that note, we've got real sports to talk Boom. about. Boom. The WrestleOclipse Sports Network. I didn't really get into any sports, at least football. I mean, USC won their game today in a good game against Arizona State. But um, we have week nine coming up in the NFL, and I don't really have too much to say about it. No, I feel like we're at the dog days of summer with the NFL. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like when baseball, where you're like, it's July. I really don't give a shit. Yep. Like, yep. you know, and I think the interesting thing, if you're really into sports, is the Masters is coming up soon. And it's pretty late in the year, so we'll see if it doesn't freeze over. Obviously, the only reason to watch the Masters is to see the greatest golfer of all time. Not Jack Nicholas. Sorry, yes. no. Eldrick. Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um, the man. Yeah. And then, you know, probably interesting thing is all the machinations about when the NBA is going to start up again. Right. Um, so, obviously, LBJ has got a lot to say about that. A lot of the teams in the bubble just went through, you know, an interesting experience. And, yes, I agree that Steph Curry's probably been honing his game and he's ready to come out because they sucked and he hasn't played since March. But, you know, unfortunately, he just doesn't have that. He doesn't have that cachet that leverage so we'll see i'm yeah. you know i understand if you're going to save 500 million or a bill you got to get your players out there and the players need to understand that too and you know 72 game season we'll see what happens but that's what i'm looking forward to sports is in a little bit of a, a down thing once we get closer to like playoffs and figuring out seedings and stuff like that it'll pick back up again yeah yep yep the new segments. Yep. Well, now we have a new edition of Get Rid of One, and this is one I'm kind of excited with. So we're going to go into the sports, or not sports, uh, the superhero universe. So we're getting rid of one, and it's between Spider-Man, your fl- friendly neighborhood, Batman, Wolverine, or Iron Man. And Bobby, I think we're going to agree on this one. Yeah, it's Iron Man all day. Yeah, all day. N- nobody gave a shit about Iron Man until... Robert Downey Jr. played. Yeah, him. and Iron Man, even when I was reading books, was one of my least favorite. I mean, he, him and Batman are kind of similar. Both rich guys, both built their stuff. But Batman is just cooler. Gotham City's cooler, you know what I mean? And Wolverine and Spider-Man, you don't touch those guys. No, so no. Iron Man, you're going. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, Spider-Man, Batman, and Wolverine might all be on my Mount Rushmore of comic book superheroes. Yeah, those are good ones. I love I you know... I had a Spider-Man subscription. It came in the mail. Yeah. And that was the time when Carnage. Yep. The Carnage Maximum miniseries. Carnage, Oh, yeah. man. Maximum Carnage was great because that made Venom the anti-hero. Yeah. Because Carnage was so bad. Cletus. That, Cletus yeah, Cassidy. That Venom had to be like, he's like, shit, the enemy of my enemy is my right, friend. Right. So it was really good. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man's always been one of my favorites. Same with Batman. Yeah. Batman, uh, like, year one is amazing. Um, yeah. Dark Knight Returns, Frank yeah. Miller, amazing. Frank Miller series. Um, old old man Logan is really cool oh, comic yeah. book series, especially with that movie they did. Yeah, um, if you haven't seen those, but check even that his out. whole thing with you know just the Japanese, how they wrote him into like the Japanese, yeah. you know aspects of his character. Um, and then I think he got a lot. Obviously, gets a lot of run because I think Hugh Jackman did a good job. Great job, great job. And it's like those movies. The last Wolverine movie should have been what all the Wolverine movies have been, but that's another story for a different time. What I want to get in is the match of the week. And, and this, we have a fucking banger for you yeah, guys. Yeah, literally. So we're going to take this one back to just last week. Yeah. And this is on NXT UK, and this is between Walter, the NXT UK champion, versus Ela Dragunov. Bobby, give us some backstory, or give us a setup for this. You know... 
I don't really know the backstory, to well, be honest. Well, I was going to say, in a world of no selling and high spots. Oh, and I like, thought you wanted me to talk about like the no, not they, no, not their no. feud. No, in in the in the crazy confines of COVID nineteen, these two bangers found themselves alone in a ring, an empty in, arena almost in the United yeah. Kingdom, with nothing but masked cameramen watching their every move. And man. It seemed like these guys really. I, I know people say that, but like it looked like these guys were really going to kill each other. It's just like, and if you're looking for like her and Kanrana's flying <laughs> drop kicks, um, Canadian destroyers, you ain't going to find that here. This is like a lot of suplexing, a lot of hard hits, mm-hmm. palm strikes. Like, man, the, it chops. Chops. And it's just like, there were some false finishes, but done the right way. It's just like, I was glued to the thing because it was gaining waves on the internet. And, you know, I don't really keep up with too much um nxt uk because it's just it's a lot of wrestling but i made my i went out of my way to go watch this and man was i impressed yeah and i would agree it was interesting i sent you that link i don't know if you caught it um so the new the new uk uh, cable provider of WWE products are doing these like kind of behind the scenes vignettes and they did one about this match and the producer one of the things i liked the most about it was the producer was saying it's like you know, when Walter chops someone in a full stadium, everyone goes, ooh, and you feel it. Yeah. It's like, but it was almost worse having nobody there and the cameras being so much closer because they're all in the yeah, apron now. Yeah. And him slapping um, Dragunov. And it's like, and I watched it. And one thing he said that I didn't even realize when I watched it. Because I watched it at first. I watched the match first and then I saw this. So I watched it. He goes, I think they only touched the ropes once. One time, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. But like now, I realize that's one of the reasons I was feeling. I like it was. It was like watching a soccer game. Yeah, you're like, and, and it was there was no reprieve, man. No, and, and it was crazy because like they got the camera cut. The cam- and this is what's awesome too is because when you're used to WWE and all these quick camera cuts, it kind of takes away like the um what is it the 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 rawness of like what professional wrestling is. It's like you could see the sweat jump off their bodies when, mm-hmm. with every chop the capillaries the blood vessels just broken on Dragunov's chest mm-hmm. and it was just it was it was a lot of people overuse this but it was one of the most hard hitting matches I've seen and I've watched a lot of fucking strong style British style wrestling very good I mean it was like I said just there's highlights all over the internet it's all over there it's just something you need to check out of and it doesn't even matter who won or lost you know what I mean like obviously Walter came out on top but it's just something, if you want a different style of wrestling, and, you know, you had a lot of other people that are anti-flippity-doo, they're like, this is how all wrestling should be. I was like, no, then you'd complain about something then. Right. But this is, like, the the variety that Bobby and I have been talking about because you can take something like NXT, which is, like, an indie-based thing, but then you can have something like this mm-hmm. that's just as good, you know, and we haven't seen a lot of good stuff like this. So I just, I was thoroughly impressed with it. Yeah, and I would have to say... Um Watching the behind the scenes little thing, I liked how the produ- the the uh, NXT UK producer he, their closed caption with Triple H and Shawn Michaels, yeah. and he was saying how he loved seeing Shawn Michaels react yep. every time these guys were doing this, and that shows one. I love it because it shows the involvement that that Triple H and Shawn Michaels and that leadership, the NXT leadership, yeah. has even on NXT UK, which is super important because, you know, 
uh, Everrise, right, is yeah. half of Imperium. Yes. Like, and you can see, like, they they understand, like, how they can use each of these talents right. and different styles really good. And um, I love Dragonoof. He's so much smaller than Walter. Yeah, way smaller. And the thing is, like, this is, like, nobody was talking about Dragonov's size compared to Walter because it was believable that Dragonov can not only go toe-to-toe with Walter, but possibly even beat him. You well, know didn't he I mean? just start with, like, a like a brogue kick, basically? Yeah, yeah. Like, just like And a... it's just, like, those are the nuances that are kind of almost lost in professional wrestling. And this is why I love the UK style so much is because that's, like the style that I grew up with. I didn't start getting into the Lucha stuff until I got older and I'm not bagging on it. Don't get me mm. wrong. You know what I mean? But this is what we're missing. You know, we're missing variety and like, that's what it was so refreshing because WWE and especially Triple H and Shawn Michaels and those people in NXT really know how to bring that. They really know how to focus on people's strong suits. Yeah, maximizing time. You know what I mean? You're not having Dragunov cut a 20-minute promo. You know what I mean? You're having, you're like, hey, this is what you guys do. This is the amount of time you have. Do it. Yeah, and it this this match also really showed how cool it is to like how much in this COVID era, face being able to have good facial expressions, yeah. how being able to talk in the ring, like Dragon's like, I warned you, I warned yeah. you, you know, and it built that like, because that it's matters. like you didn't almost you forgot about the crowd not being there and the fake crowd noise that Bobby talked about earlier, and it's just like you, you know, yeah, does the does the crowd help? Yeah, you do need that, but then at the same time, you can look at this match. So look at the match with Mick Foley and The Rock with the empty arena Super Bowl match. There was nobody there, and that match was just as a different match, but it, you can entertain if you. You know how to how to um, um, link up like the strong aspects of these guys. Yeah, it was it was really good. You should check it out. Like like he said, it's all over the internet. It doesn't take much. Another newer segment. Yeah, it's uh, watch of the week, and I'm not talking about timepieces though. You know, I love a good Roly Movado tag hewer, the works, but. Um, it's what we're watching on TV other than wrestling. Right. The few minutes we have when we're not combing through content to bring you the best podcast. On the planet. On the planet. And even on, you know, in the, probably the, the solar system. Sol- yeah. Solar I don't know about the universe. I don't know. That's place. a big universe. A big yeah. But um, I've been watching Gordon Gramsci's The F Word. And it's his Is sh- The F Word fantastic? It's pretty good. Like- Is it The F Word forceful? No. No. Futunari. Because I... Because he's weird. He he's might, weird. He yeah. might be into that. But it's cool because, like, he starts off, you know, it's in a live studio audience and they'll cook something with some people. And then he goes back to his house because he's usually raising some kind of animal. Like, this Slaughter. one was, was like a Hopefully. turkey. And, like, he shows his kids, like, the respect of the animal and what the animal brings. And, um, it, and he shows he goes back into there's another segment where he shows people that don't know how to cook how to cook one of his meals showing how cooking is really not that hard if you know how to use the ingredients that you have and it's just something cool to watch if you're into cooking if you're into Gordon Ramsay it's a cool watch another one we've been watching is Sons of Anarchy that's a show that's passed and it's about like um, a, a fictional motorcycle club that's in uh, California and it's just a, what they go through and things like that. And what's cool about it is the guy that made it, Kurt Sutter, was a Hell's Angels hangaround. And so a lot of the stuff they do and a lot of the storyline is pretty legit. And it's what happens in a motorcycle club. And obviously it's a fictional story, but it's really, it's cool. It shows you like how, you know, in life and especially when you're into stuff like this, like not everyone, there's no cut and dry good guy or bad guy. You know, there's good people in certain aspects. There's people that want some more of something and it's it's something you need to I don't think you say you need to watch it but if you're interested in something that's kind of outside of the box storyline wise it's a pretty cool show to watch and uh, it's on Hulu it's all, all the seasons it's pretty old and I think it's enjoyable 
Yeah, I've basically been refreshing 538.com. I'm a political junkie. It was very interesting to see how this whole election thing turned out. Um, you know, if your candidate lost, you probably should have put a few more flags on your truck. I mean, you yeah, can only I mean, blame yourself. And I stole that. There's a my, uh, Betty Rebel sent a funny post. Um, I think it's at Vodka Lana, V O T K A L A N A. Private. You have to, you know, be a scriber, but. Uh, it was funny. She's like, I like, and what she put in her caption was, I can't wait to see the comments on this. And her post basically was like, if your candidate is losing right now, it's because you didn't have put enough flags in your truck and you are to blame, right. which where we live, there was a tremendous amount of flag waving this weekend, which I'm really scared because the flag making industry has been on such a boom yeah, and no one's going to be buying flags now. I know. Right. Like <laughs> what are those people going to do? So yeah, no matter who you voted for, and we're not this. We're going to be bipartisan here, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. you know, you you kind of if you've listened to us in the past, you know kind of where we stand. And we're, without getting into it, it's like we're not here to rub anything in. And even if we uh, the other side, if the shoe was on the other foot, we didn't. We're not going to want the same thing either. But the bottom line is, there's a reason why this country is called the United States of America. And all I hope for is just a little bit more unity. And regardless of like what happens and who you side for, because we should all be in this together. And that's all I'm really going to get into on that when it comes to the political aspect. Yeah. And then um, pretty much the other thing we've been watching a lot of is um, the prodigy is diving down a dinosaur rabbit hole. So we've been watching on YouTube these crazy documentaries about dinosaurs and I think it's super interesting. As a little boy, I was super into dinosaurs. My grandparents lived in Phoenix, so we would often drive the 10. And when you go through Cabazon, they've right. got those. Yeah, yeah. You've seen them in the movies. Those dinosaurs, we used to go in. Um, so I like to, you know, it, it gratifies me that my daughter is so into it. But it was so funny because yesterday she was crying because she found out that they're extinct. And she wants to bring, she wants to bring the dinosaurs back. Oh, wow. And then I told her that they'd eat us, and she got even more pissed at me. Oh, wow. So... Um, we're definitely trying to, uh, you know, figure out a way to, I mean, I want to show her Jurassic Park so that she knows what's up, yep. <laughs> but she's not quite there yet, but definitely watching those dinosaur, uh, documentaries has been really fun with my daughter. And also YouTube is the shit, man. And there's so much we, stuff. There's out a lot of there, content. So. Like we said, we should, you guys should, if you're not right already, you should be watching YouTube. Yeah. Especially like the wrestling stuff on YouTube, yeah. but I watch enough wrestling. So yeah. And now we're coming down to the wire. We've got this walkout music. I'm going to start this off just because of the climate that we've been in so far and with the results that we've had that we just talked about. I'm going to go with a song called by Corrosion of Conformity called Albatross because hopefully this is the albatross that is coming off of our backs. But it's a dope song regardless, and you should just check it out. Lord, what a way 
big like an albatross yeah <laughs> what do you got bobby well i if you follow me which i'm sure most of you do uh i alluded to this earlier but i'm coming out with the decline it's gonna be a long walk down yeah but because it's an 18 minute song but really it's like there are so many small vignettes that are so amazing and really um you know fat mike is a dick and he stuck his foot in his mouth, and he deserves everything that gets with it. But this song is really well thought out. I think probably one of the more um, really, like, I feel like this was a seminal album for this band. It kind of changed their whole trajectory. Like, I love Punk and Drublick and these other albums, but once they did this, it changed their style, and they kind of really got him more into, like, after this, they did the Rocky and Spush, right, like, right. all those things. So, uh but it's just really well thought out. Just a lot of different things, and you know they play their music well. It's single bass pedal, with demo choruses, melodic. So I'm a big fan. You should check it out. Uh, we're not going to give you the all 18 minutes. I'm no. going to pick the best minute 30, and that's what you're going to get right now. I'm gonna end up uh, throwing that thing on tonight. Like, well, I, so yeah, it's a really good song. I good, yeah. But um, so now that we're in the ring, we're inside the ring, and uh, thank you, thanks to Bobby, he turned this thing around because we're going on to like iconic wrestling moves. And today we are talking about the frog splash. We are talking about the frog splash. So the frog splash. I really don't have a cut and dry definition of the frog splash. We bring it up. This is um, I didn't look at the uh, app until these um gummies i had like really uh kind of turned me up so so the frog splash we go maybe go to wikipedia yeah i mean you kind of know what it is yeah so so go down there eight one eight one eight four so we see the frog splash is a move performed by leaping from the top rope stretching out to a horizontal position and bringing one's feet and hands inward and outward before landing so you're essentially looking like a frog the guy who made it famous is a guy that we've talked about so much is Eddie Guerrero. 
And then, but late, it was later used by Art Barr, who was a guy that Eddie Guerrero and um, Chris Jericho looked up to, Love mm-hmm. Machine, and Two Scorpio, Two Cold Scorpio named it. He said it looked like a frog while doing the move. Um, Eddie Guerrero used it after Art Barr's death as a tribute. So we had Eddie Guerrero, and then so this is always a, a conversation that I've always liked because everyone's always talked about who had the better frog splash because later on, a guy named Rob Van Dam that we've talked about came up with the five-star frog splash. And it's, this is where the opponent is not placed perpendicular to the corner. So what happens is Rob Van Dam changes direction in, in the air and goes into the splash position. And so if you're going to ask me who... Um, had the bigger bigger frog splash I don't think or the better one it doesn't exist when it comes to distance and form Eddie Guerrero had it but when it comes to height and um, innovativeness um, Rob Van Dam had it you know I mean a lot of other people have done it but those two guys do it the best I mean Seth Rollins has a pretty tight frog splash you know he's as good mm-hmm. um, uh, there's a chick wrestler that did it uh I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's a it's a really uh, nice move. AJ Lee used to do it. It's just it's really cool. It's Christian did a good one. D'Lo Brown, and it's just it's a it's it's not a finishing move so much anymore unless guys th- that we've men- mentioned have used it. Right. But it's just it's it's a it's cool because the splash is a very it's a very basic move. Right. Superfly Snooka was one of the first to right, do it. Right. And, and I think probably talking about the frog splash, we you talk about the splash right. Obviously, Snooker, that's probably yeah. one of and then we my have Wal- childhood, yeah. the iconic yeah. ones, obviously. And then Walter, who does it now, he does. he's a big guy that does a splash. Right. But with the frog splash, it's just like, I, I hate to use this term because it's so easy. It's like a thing of beauty. You know what I mean? It's just like... Well, it's bringing style to, to a pretty mundane move. Move, yeah. And I mean, obviously, right now, we've got the Uso splash. Yeah. And it's the same I, thing. It's very good. It's different. Yeah. But it is. He gets... That height. He gets height. He makes the face. He turns yeah. his head. He brings very style good, yeah. to it. And that's why I... It's hard to do say Eddie Guerrero isn't the best at everything. It really is, to be honest. Yeah. But I like the five star vlog special because it, it just added that extra bit of creativity. Yeah. And to I'm, and without saying better, if you're gonna no. ask me to pick a frog splash, my I'm gonna pick the five star as well. My preference. So um do yourself a favor, go on the YouTube machine and look up Eddie's and Rob's, and then maybe call into us and say who's you liked better. But on that note, um that's the show for you guys, and we're really glad to bring it to you. Watch full gear and um Good luck to everything out there, and we'll see you next week. Yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly, This Life, and I'm your man, Bobby B. And we'll see you when we see you. Peace.